actually it's not that bad right now. Welcome to our party. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting's weekly garden program. We call the Gestalt Gardener. I'm your host, Horticulture Self Trusting. Our producer is the awesome Java Chapman. For the next hour or so, we're going to be talking about gardening. Coming up in today's last of January live but virtual party, I'm going to give you a heads up on some stuff you can be doing. But mostly, it's a live program here at MPB. So in, in addition to my personally selected cheesy music coming up in about 30 minutes, I'll be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own garden. Get back, folks. We're going to take a few minutes of news, come back, start this party. We here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting called the Gestalt Garden. Now let's get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back to Horticulture's Felder Rushing. We're going to be talking about gardening in the next little while. If you want to give us a call, the lines are wide open. It is toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We're going to be talking about nothing but gardening. I do have a kind of relaxing tune coming up in about 30 minutes, my usual cheesy music. Uh, it's uh, been years and years since I've played it, and people seem to enjoy it. But if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, there's a few things going on this weekend I'd like to, to help uh, give a shout-out about, uh, including one that starts today. If you're down on the Gulf Coast, if you're going to the boat show, for example, uh, there's going to be a... Uh, an orchid show and plant sale, the annual Gulf Coast Orchid Show and Plant Sale. It's, it's in Gaucher at the Convention Center, the Gaucher Convention Center. And it's today, Friday, from 12 till 6 this afternoon. It's tomorrow, Saturday, from 11 to 6, and Sunday from 10 to 4. It's free. They have lots about orchids. They have orchids for sale. And people there help you choose an orchid if you're not familiar with them. Some are not as tricky as others. Some are downright kind of easy. But uh, it'll be a beautiful show. It's free. It'll be a good chance to, to spend a little time there in Gaucher. Uh Also this weekend, coming up tomorrow, this is the last call for anybody who wants to sign up for the Smart Landscape Seminar. So Sustainable Landscaping Workshop is all day Saturday from uh, 9 to 5. Smart Landscapes is a one-day training uh, workshop put on by Mississippi State experts on how to have the smartest landscape on your block, Design wildlife, water, energy efficiency, pests, soils, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be covered very thorough. Our registration is $40, which is, includes all the workshop materials. Um, it's going to be there on campus at Mississippi State in Starville at the Boss Extension Center right next to the uh, football stadium. Anyway, if you want some details or registration, uh, go online, check out Mississippi State Landscape Architecture. That will take you to the website and take you from there. Uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm going to do my annual home fruit seminar. It's a free thing. Uh, it's for people who want to grow uh, shrubs and vines and trees and all different kind of fruit as part of the landscape. Uh, if you want to have a small orchard, no problem with that either. But the best types of fruits, uh, the best varieties of each type, a little bit about planting and pruning and pest control, all that kind of stuff. It's a free seminar. It's going to be February the 10th in Jackson at Hutto's. Home and Garden Center. I do this every year. Always a big crowd, and uh, it's also free. I'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks also. And then coming up in February the 14th on Valentine's Day, uh, I'm going to give a talk for the Gulf Shores Alabama Library. It's not going to be at the library. It's going to be at the Gulf Shores Cultural Center, which is just off uh, County Road 6 there in Gulf Shores. February the 14th is a free talk uh, in Gulf Shores, Alabama, uh, and we just can have a whole lot of fun. I know we have a lot of listeners down in eastern lower Alabama, eastern L.A., and, and the Mobile area. I look forward to seeing some of y'all there. Now, if you want to give us a call, I mean, by the way, if you have anything uh, that I can help promote, uh, I love doing programs to garden clubs, master gardening groups, library talks. Um, but if you know of a group interested in having me or if you have a program that you'd like me to help promote, shoot me an email. It's real easy, Garden at mpbonline.org, garden at mpbonline.org. And again, our phone number is today, 1-877-MPB-RING. Let's go talk to Vernon in Ridgeland. Hey, Ms. Vernon, how are you this morning? 
I'm doing fine. Thank you, Felder. Good. Um, I'm, good. I'm traveling. I'm traveling and listening to your program, and I wonder if it's too late to plant some bulbs. I'd gotten earlier, and I forgot and just now found them. <laughs> well, no, it, it's not. Uh, matter of fact, sometimes, Vernon, I've actually forgotten to plant bulbs. If they were still in the pots, you know, with no potting soil or anything, and they rooted, they grew, and they, they'll be a little bit later because a lot of bulbs are all right, well, good. Um, Thank you so much. I'll do that when I get back home then. Get, where, where is back home? Um, I am in Richland, Mississippi, and I'm traveling okay. to South Haven today, but I'm going to okay, be home, well, and the ground it's going to rain, so the ground will be good and soft for me to put them in the ground. Do you have a whole lot? A whole lot of bulbs? Um, well, probably about 30. Yeah, what you might want to do um, is it, because it is kind of late, and the it might be easier and also better for the bulbs if this year if you would just go ahead and put them uh, in some big pots, you know, and and put a pansy or two on top of that, and then let because they'll grow better and quicker in pots this late, and then when they die oh, down, you can move them to the landscape later. But you know, put the big bulbs deeper than the little bulbs, and stick a pansy or two on top of it. Put it out in a sunny spot, and they'll grow quicker and better and still flower in pot. You can plant them uh, later this summer or fall if you want to. Well, good. I sure have enough big pots that I need to use. Thank you so much. Okay, Vernon. Thanks for your call. Hands on the wheel. All righty. Now let's slide. She's South Haven. That's um, right up in Memphis, Tennessee. Let's slide right down the Gulf Coast and talk to Alan in Mobile. Hey, Alan, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? So far, so good. Try to stay warm. Get out there in the sunshine. It's not too bad. All right, sir. I'll get to my point. We have, at our little farm, we have a big, huge fig tree. We have blueberries. We have a few little peach trees. They're not bearing yet. And uh, canning pears. And my thoughts are, if I keep them pruned down within reach, I'd have a more productive plant. I'd be able to reach the yeah. plant that I've got, and it wouldn't be growing 12 feet up in the air, something that I can't yeah. get to without a ladder and my wife falling and hurt herself. <clears throat> my yeah. wife does not agree with me pruning our plants. Huh. Well, so I, I, I'm, I'm looking for someone objective. Where okay. Well, okay. Well, first of all, I'm not objective. I wrote the book on growing fruits, herbs, and, and nuts. And in both Alabama and Mississippi, and I've been raised with these all of my life. And I work with commercial growers, and I, you can you can assure your wife that all over the world, there's not a single commercial fruit grower anywhere that would not prune their plants hard every year. You you go to any peach orchard, any fig orchard, any place where they grow these things commercially, and they cut them down not only to keep them compact and easier to to pick but also more productive. Every time you cut a branch off of something, the energy that would have gone to that would go with left. And if you if you can imagine holding a, an orange up with your hand, you know, one hand with the orange pointing up, you know, your hand is beneath it, and mm-hmm. then take the orange out of your hand, leave your fingers still spread out, that's what a well-pruned peach tree is going to look like anywhere on earth. That's just the way it's going to I agree, but all... that's what I thought. Yeah, and, and here's uh, the deal. Here's the deal, though. If you prune them this late, you know, your peaches, uh, your pears, if you prune them real hard, you're not, not going to get any flowers or, or fruit this year. So what I would do is I would do some of it this year, and then after she gets over that, then do the rest of it. it what I would do is I would thin out any really tall stuff, but leave some that are low and outward growing unpruned. So they'll produce this year, and you can clean those up next year. Thank you very much. I was just trying to get a... Second opinion, and I appreciate it. You're a good guy. Thank you. This this ain't opinion. This is what they teach in fruit science at, at Auburn University. Oh, one other thing. If you want to send me an email, uh, I could give you a little bit more specific things because there's a couple of tricks to pruning blueberries and figs in particular. I wouldn't prune any blueberries hard right now because they're going to bloom in the next couple of months or so once out there right now. So uh, the blueberries and figs a little bit different. Shoot me an email, and, and, and I'll keep you out of hot water with you-know-who. Okay, thank you very much. All right, appreciate it. 
by the way, our email is garden at mpbonline.org. Our phone number, one eight seven seven mpb ring if you want to give me a call and talk about stuff. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on right now, but we're starting to get cranked up. I know there's going to be a big uh, down in Mobile. Uh, they have a, a flower show in March. I'm going to be at that this year. But uh, over the next couple of uh, months or so, there's a lot of gardening events. I'll be real glad to help promote them if you'll shoot me an email about it. Uh, not a whole lot you can be doing right now. Um, we're starting to actually see some some late winter, early spring blooms. Some of the camellia japonicas are starting to bloom. Uh, also, there's uh, things like the, the flowering quince with those kind of a funny red-colored flower, not quite red, not I don't really know what color it is. I'm going to call it red. Uh, a lot of quince. There's a whole lot of stuff blooming. Early paper whites. Uh, starting to bloom in spite of the hard freeze. So we're seeing a whole lot of plants beginning to show life in spite of the hard freeze. However, I've gotten quite a few emails the past couple of weeks about plants that appear to be dead. Some of them actually may be, and we'll talk about some of that when we come back. But we're going to take a real quick break, just a very short break. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's anywhere, 877-MPB-RING. I'd be glad to talk with you live about what's going on or not in your own garden. Remember, folks, I'm a retired horticulturist university. I'm a try to tell the truth. I don't have a, an opinion one way or the other about certain things, and I will not try to sell you anything. So if you want some good advice that's based on practical experience and university training, nonprofit, give me a call. If I get some advice that you disagree with or you'd like to add to, give us a call, too, because I'm not hard-headed. I'm Horticulture's Fellow Rushing, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, the Gestalt Gardener. We'll be right back with your phone calls at 877-MPB-RING right after this. Your home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Culture's Fellow Russian. Give me a call. Let's talk about what's going on in your garden. It doesn't matter to me where you live. Um, I spend a lot of time all over the country, but particularly all over the, 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 the southeast. Um, and if you want to give me a, a call about anything that's going on or something you'd like to get going in your garden, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's go up to Memphis and talk to Wilma. Hey, Wilma, good morning. Good morning, Felder. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I wanted to tell you that tomorrow in Memphis, the Lichterman Nature Center is having their annual seed swap. And we oh, call boy. it Birds and Seeds because we also have several programs all free on birds and bird feeding. But a lot of people bring in their seeds. We have seeds that we give away. And you can get just about any kind of seed for anything you want. And it's well, now, 10 yep. to 2 tomorrow, and it's free. Y'all been doing this quite some time. Yes, we have. Yeah, this is probably the eighth or ninth year. Electrobin Nature Center, and you know, because the emphasis there is on mostly native plants, people can also get some good ideas of how good some of these native plants look in the middle of the winter. Exactly. And oh, another thing we have is tool sharpening. I believe oh. it's like five dollars an item. I think that's the price. But uh, bring anything in that needs to be sharpened, and we'll take care of it. Oh, that'll be a whole lot of fun. And and for the price of having it done, you could watch and see how it's done yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, Wilma, I really appreciate that. Tell the folks that there I said, hey, and wear a hat because it's going to be a little chilly. So I think okay, it's sure will. Thanks, Felder. Okay, appreciate it. Bye-bye. Uh, by the way, bye. before we uh, go to the next phone call, let me mention this. I got an email from Philip Carby down in Natchez. Uh, he said that, that 
at, at his, his office in his home, he's had this plant called a fig vine for a long time. Fig vine is related to the fig tree. It's a plant-growing evergreen vine. Uh, it really covers up a lot of a lot of problems on foundations and all. Um, a lot of times they, they trim it uh, like they would a hedge. Anyway, he's had freeze damage over the years. Most of the time just leaves it alone, and it usually comes back from the base. But this year seems to be hitting really, really hard. I'm afraid fig vine is one of those that can you can have a tough time with it. Um, I'm from further north up in the Delta, and fig vine used to get completely killed every few years. You replant it, and, you know, it'll do great for a long time. But anyway, about all we can do with fig vine, uh, sago palms, all those kind of things that look really, really bad, even oleander, is just to cut back the bad-looking stuff, and let's see what happens in a couple of months. A lot of this stuff will recover, but the only way to tell for sure is just wait and see. Now, let's go down to uh, Covington, Louisiana. Hey, Polly, good morning. Hey, Felder, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. What's going on? Well, you kind of just answered my question. I was calling about Uh-oh. my sago palm. Uh, mm. It got real damaged, and yeah. half of it is all yellow and brown. It's huge. It's yeah, got yeah. a very prominent spot in my front yard, and I don't know whether to just hang on to it or. But well, I just heard yeah. you say that. Well, here, here's the deal with the sagos. Um, and again, I'm from further north, and we I'm sort of used to stuff that happens occasionally down in your neck of the woods. Sometimes sagos can get killed completely, um, yeah, even on the coast. You really can't tell until spring. But often a hard freeze of the current season, uh, leaves to turn that real pretty bright tan color. Uh, you, you, two, three things. First of all, understand that everybody looks the same way, so nobody's going to be talking about you. Okay. So don't, wor- don't, don't worry about that. Uh, second of all, those, those brown leaves will not green back up. So what you can do is, is just cut them off as if they were never there. Or you can actually spray paint them green because they don't care. They're dead. The new growth is going to come out the top. I can't believe you said that because I really thought about that. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, if you could do that, paint them purple. And if anybody says anything, just raise an eyebrow and give them that look that that, that you can give them. Okay. I don't don't know you. I'm assuming you can give that look. (laughs) uh, I've got a good guy look. (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's nothing you can do except cut them off or leave them there because the oh. new growth is going to come out of the center. And if you want to paint them and have fun with them and hang Christmas on them, so barter grow beats off of it, it doesn't care. But, but you've got to wait and see about whether the plant is actually killed or Probably not dead in Covington. We'll just have okay. to wait and see. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you so much, and you have a good day. Love your show. Polly, if you decide to spray paint it or put barter grow bees, send me a picture. I sure will. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, boy, let me see. We're going to be talking about gardening. We've got all sorts of things you can be planting right now, but most of it is going to be cool season stuff. A little early for things like broccoli and and cabbage and cauliflower, but you can start putting out seeds of lettuce, turnips, mustard, things like that. Um, Another couple, three weeks, you can even be planting seeds of some of the sugar snap or English-type peas, which grow so well in cool weather. A little early for Irish potatoes, but if you have a chance to get out in your garden, if you like to plant vegetables and herbs and things, uh, go ahead and turn it over. You know, work it up a little bit. If it's too wet, don't don't overdo it. But just dig the dirt over a little bit, cover it with fresh mulch, and it'll dry out quicker and it'll warm up more quickly. So you can have a head start on planting when you do get around to doing it. Uh, now let's go slide back up to Mississippi. Robert's calling from Jackson. Hey, Robert. Good morning. Morning, Felder. Uh, I just have a short question. Several weeks ago, you mentioned brown patch. I believe it was called in our grass. Is, yeah. there, any, is there any possibility that this hard freezing that we've had will will kill that? Uh, get rid of it, or what should uh, we continue? To, uh, I know that you said before you can't get rid of it, but I was hoping the winter might. No. Unfortunately, Robert, uh, it just doesn't work that way. The diseases, the fungi, even insects, uh, mosquitoes and fleas and all that kind of stuff, uh, it really didn't get cold enough to damage us at all. The thing to do would be to, uh, probably the worst thing you can do for a lawn that's had brown patch is fertilize it too early. 
a fertilizer put on before April or so makes the grass real lush and green. And when we have the combination of warm days and cool, wet nights like we do in March, that really fires it up. So the main thing is don't push your grass. Uh, you know, let's let's just wait and see. Wait till it's been motor time or two before you fertilize it. If you had a bad problem with it, Robert, you might want to put a fungicide out as it starts to green up. Sometime late February, early March, you can get a fungicide without the fertilizer that says for brown patch, and you put it out there and it puts a protective film over the grass to protect it during that little cool wet spell when it's most likely to be active. So if you want to use a fungicide, you can do that but no fertilizer till April. Let me ask you this. Is it better the first time you notice it in the ground just to dig it up and, and re resod in that spot that they have? Or? Uh, no, actually not. You know, the brown patch fungus, the fungus that causes it is, is literally in the air. It's like cold germs, you know. And uh-huh. once it gets started, by the time you notice it, it's pretty well established. Uh, when you notice it, the the only thing I would recommend, if you want to do anything, raise your mower. Okay, try try not to cut your grass too close because that stresses okay. it. And you can you can use a fungicide that says for brown patch, a liquid fungicide, and spray the area and the perimeters of it, and that'll keep it from spreading until the conditions for it goes away. When it's really hot, brown patch not a problem. Only that cool, wet night, warm day period in the spring and the fall. So uh, Thank fungicide you very much, is. Bill. Good luck on it. Appreciate it. All righty. Thank you. All righty. Folks, we're going to be talking about gardening right up until the end of the hour. If you've got some things you'd like to talk about, give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, There's a lot of bulbs that are up right now. If you've got an old stand of daffodils or hyacinths or maybe some, some of the, the Spanish uh, bluebells, things like that that are coming up, now is the time to fertilize. Bulbs are at the beginning of their growing season. A lot of people wait till late to fertilize them. If you'll fertilize now by just broadcasting a bulb-type food over the area, water it in real good to make sure it doesn't stick on the foliage. If you'll do that, it helps the plants at the beginning of their season. Uh, that way you can enjoy the flowers without pushing them to Fertilizing too late tends to cause them to rot. So if you have bulbs and you'd like them to keep on blooming for years and years, this is the time to fertilize them. There's not a whole lot else you can be doing right now. If you've got potted plants, um, like I do, I have a whole bunch of potted plants I bring in the wintertime. Uh, if they need watering, try not to keep them too wet. In the wintertime, we want to keep them alive. We don't want to push them too much. So if you've got plants that are staying a little soggy wet, just add enough water to keep them damp, not enough to, to cause it. Because the days are short. Uh, inside is cooler than the plants may like, uh, lower humidity. They may not dry out as quickly. So try not to overwater potted plants is what I'm saying. Uh, this is a great time of year to prune the the summer blooming things, uh, things like roses. We start getting into February. Uh, roses, crepe myrtles, um, see what's something else, the um, butterfly bush, the plants that bloom on new growth, um, uh, gardenias. You can prune those now to neaten them up, and then come spring, they'll spread out new growth that'll bloom. Oleanders that have been damaged by the cold, you can cut those things to the ground, and they'll put out new growth that'll still flower this year. Uh, I would not prune spring bloomers, uh, azaleas, blueberries, um, things like that. I would not prune them until after they bloom, though, because uh, they go this year's flowers. Uh, if you have some shrubs that are seriously overgrown, some big uh, hollies, for example, or, or maybe boxwoods, middle of the winter is okay to prune them really, really hard. They'll put out new growth come spring. It'll be a, it's called rejuvenation. When you, uh, I wish I could do that sometimes to, to my attitude, but rejuvenation is when you cut a plant back really, really hard. It sprouts out. It tip prune the new growth and kind of start it all over again. So those are the kind of things that, that we like to talk about right now. Um, Java, I see just some a uh, little bit cheesy music this morning. You think it's too laid back for this week? No, that song is really kind of perfect. I, I got a preview of it in uh, Felder. Like I said, I believe you were a DJ once in your life, man. No, no, I, I played that song probably ten or more years ago. I forgot some a, a listener had recommended. It. It's a pretty laid back little tune, but it's got a good sentiment. And uh, tell you what, can we go ahead and play that? Me go grab me some water. 
Yeah, we can go ahead and get into it and uh, just tell everybody to give us a call. Remind them of the number. I'll do that, Java man. I really appreciate it too, folks. The number is toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. We're gonna listen a little bit late tune about. Come on over to Bayard. We'll be back with more because Stock Garden here on MPB right after this. I got penny change in my pocket. I got heaven on my mind. Got a, a gravel road. I got 20 miles. Gonna spend a little time. For the ways of the world seem to frustrate. Always stealing food off of the next plate. Only hate is a fate and it's too late. All we get is a crumb from the big Slow down, watch the sun go down. Come on over to my yard. Sit around, let your troubles all disappear. Come on over to my Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Phone calls. You want to give me a, a shout and let's talk about whatever's going on in your mind. While we were on the uh, uh, during the break, I, I got an email from Tammy Hild up in Memphis. She said that her uh, garden shed got a little bit cool and that her ponytail palm might have some pretty bad cold damage. Uh, Want to know if she could prune it or not? Ponytail is not a true palm. It's sort of like sago. Well, sago is not a true palm, but it's related to palms. Uh, uh, ponytail just looks like a palm. It's got a big swollen trunk, and it can sprout out further down. I've seen ponytail palms that are huge in landscapes in Florida and in uh, Southern California, and it pots to sprout out from that base. So well, all, all I would do is just wait and see on plants you're not sure about. Cut off the bad-looking stuff, but before you do any heavy pruning, let's wait and see what happens. The exception is if you've got things like azaleas, pittosporum, uh, plants that are kind of borderline, if they look kind of brown right now, check the trunk down close to the ground. And in some cases, the plant will, just like a a, uh, a water faucet can break, uh, sometimes the tubes and in, in, in plants in stems can break. If you've got split bark down close to the ground of plants that normally don't have, have peely bark, that's pretty serious. And what will happen is the plants may leaf out in the spring from stored up energy in the branches. 
but it can't replace itself because it's clogged up down at the base. So if you got plants that bark, you can think about either completely replacing them, which is a real chore, but you know they're going to die anyway, or you could do something that sounds drastic, but it's actually a good thing, and that's cut them off down close to the ground below the split bark. Uh, I've seen azaleas, hollies, uh, fig trees, crepe myrtles, uh, boxwoods cut down to just three or four inches tall, and they sprout back out. And because the roots aren't damaged, that new growth will really, really jump. So in the case of plants that look like they've got serious winter injury, check down close to the ground, look for split bark. And if it is split, go ahead and cut them off below there. It can save the life of the plant. If you don't, they'll just up and die. Uh, if you've got more questions about this and want some information about pruning fruit trees or, or roses or rooting things, this is a good chance to give me a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Got the lines wide open right now. Uh, by the way, um, j- there's a Java, a, a, a kind of a funny thing that happened. I don't know if it's funny or not, but I guess it is funny. I'm going to share it anyway. Um, this man lost his, his, his beloved wife. This is a true story. It happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, anyway, before she died, she, she told him to promise her that he will water the plants in the bathroom. Uh, and he did because she loved those plants so much. She promised to water them. Uh, long story short, uh, he decided to move. His children came over to help him move, and they realized that the plants he'd been watering in his bathroom, the, the, the ferns, a couple of other plants, were plastic. <laughs> she had gotten him to water plastic plants. He said he, he figured that the toilet had a leak because there's always a little bit of water on the floor. But he'd been watering for several years plastic plants because his wife told him to be sure to. Uh, I don't know if that's funny or not, but I'm going to say it is. Humorous anyway. Give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring We're going to be talking about anything that's related to gardening every Friday. If you want to listen during the week, Monday through Friday, all morning long, we have programs on all sorts of topics with local experts talking about local issues in real time. That's always here on MPB. We call it Think Radio. Uh, one of the things that, that I've got coming up uh, in my garden is I planted a bunch of bulbs this past fall that Really, I should have spread them out a little bit more, but I had a whole bunch more than I needed because I dug up an area uh, that had bulbs in it to plant something else. And I just stuck a whole bunch of bulbs in some pots, covered up some potting soil, threw some fertilizer in there. Uh, and they're, they're plenty of sunshine, but I'm going to wait till after they die down, you know, before I uh, dig them and move them. A lot of people, after their daffodils get through blooming, they cut the leaves back because the leaves flop over and they don't look good and it's kind of kind of... You know, just floppy looking. But if you'll, it's important to let the foliage of daffodils and hyacinths and things like that, it's important to let the foliage, leave it alone until it turns yellow, flops over, or dies down. This is because they make their flower buds for next year after they finish blooming this year. Uh, I've seen people where they'll take the, the floppy leaves of daffodils and actually tie them into knots. And what this does, it cuts down on the movement of plant food and carbohydrates for the leaves out of the bulbs. Best thing to do if you've got daffodils that tend to flop over is to put something in front of them that hides the floppy foliage or that holds it up, like yarrow or something like that. This is a whole lot. Or or you can actually take twigs off of uh, uh, shrubs, uh, little uh, stemmy, twiggy things, and stick them in the ground to sort of hold the foliage up. You know, I've seen this done in a whole lot of botanic gardens where they'll just uh, you know, take, let's say, the, the last couple of feet off of a crepe myrtle with all the twigs and all, stick it straight in the ground, and that holds up, the, the foliage drills up through it and it holds it over. And if we have a really hard rain, the daffodils don't fall over and push their, their faces in the mud. Uh, our number here is 1-877-MPB-RING. You know, give us a call and talk about gardening and wide open about that. Uh, we got a, a call from Memphis. They're having a uh, a bird seed and plants uh, a, a bird seminar and plant sw- seed swap at Lichterman Nature Center uh, tomorrow up in Memphis. It's a really neat place. If you're up in the Memphis area, if you want to see one of the coolest winter gardens, one of the shade garden winter gardens, um, right across from uh, the Botanic Garden is great. Don't get me wrong, I love the Botanic Garden. It's got a lot of great little areas to visit. Uh, but right across the street from the, the Memphis Botanical Garden is Dixon 
art gallery and gardens, and they've got an astounding woodland garden. It's one of the best woodland gardens in this whole part of the country. And if you'd like to see what you can have that looks good with foliage, berries, winter color, bark, things like that, it's a really good place to go visit. Um, when it comes to planning ahead, January is National Mail Order Gardening Month, and I don't know how many people still get catalogs in the mail because most garden catalogs, they, they really depend on online stuff. This is a great time to, uh, to go online and see what is new this year. There's a company called All America Selections. is where they take new flowers, new vegetables, new herbs, things that are grown from seed, uh, and they trial them. They send them out to different gardens all over the country uh, where they're evaluated on how they produce, how they look, whether they're compact, whether they've got more flavor, whether they're disease-resistant, heat-tolerant, things like that. And uh, the ones that, that get the most marks, the ones that, that are favored by most of the people who grow them in demonstration gardens, are selected for the All-American Selection Award, AAS Award. Uh, if you want some information on the, the vegetables and herbs and flowers that have gotten the, the, uh, the uh, 2018 AAS Award, uh, go online. It's All America Selections, All Dash America Selections, or just Google All America Selections. Felder. It'll take it to the website. Yes, sir. I don't know if they're going to ever make it a, a, a online order of plant month because the mail order thing i think like you said i don't think anybody gets any catalogs anymore yeah you know a lot of people do it's pretty to look at but you know you got to order them online anyway but you know we have a full we got a full bank of calls over here and uh first we're going to go to matt in tupelo and he wants to uh talk to you about his peach trees all right appreciate it what's going on matt up in tupelo hey felder how are you I'm fine. What's going on? I got um, a couple saplings, uh, um, an Alberta and a Red Haven peach tree. And uh, yeah. I was wondering if if it's too early to plant them or if I can go ahead and put them in and just keep an eye on the weather and cover them at night. Oh, did you just get them so they're still small? They're about four feet tall, yeah. Yeah. No, I'd go ahead and plant them and, and look at the trunk when you plant them. You want to make sure they're planted at the same level they were originally grown because a lot of times when, when garden centers get these plants in, they put them in pots. And Anyway, you don't want to plant them too deep. Look for the little marks, see where they're originally grown before they were dug this past fall. Plant them. But get this, Matt. This is going to half kill you to do this, but trust me on it. When you put them in the ground, cut them back to about two and a half feet tall. Uh, this is almost non-negotiable. I go to peach orchards all over the world, and they're all branch out close to the ground. If you do that, the plants will get established better. They'll bush out better, and you'll have more fruit earlier in the plant, in, in the, the life. But I go ahead and put them out in the ground, cut them back to a couple of two, two and a half feet tall, and maybe throw some uh, leaves around the base of it and walk away from them. All right. And uh, listen, since I got you, I got some yeah. dogs and... Uh, I need to put up some temporary fencing so they're not marking these guys while they're trying to get established. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and uh, around each one, put three or four stakes, you know, out from a little bit. It puts you some some uh, chicken wire or, or hog wire or you know something like that. Make a make a, a cylinder, you know, a, a foot foot and a half, two feet out from it. This is uh, again, this is what uh, almost all commercial growers do because of deer and stuff like that. Um, you know, is a, is a Make a little fence around it. You could do that with, you know, you could buy these little metal fence posts. You stick, you know, tap into the ground and put about three of those, and just put just a wire around it. All right, good deal. Thank you, sir. Good luck on it. <laughs> That's going to be fun. All right, from Java. Yeah. Next, uh, we have uh, Jerry, and he's on the road, and he wants to talk about uh, one of my favorite types of wine, Muscadine. All righty, I can do that. Jerry, what's going on? What can I help you with? Uh, hey, Felder, how you doing? Fine, thing. By the way, I was raised with muscadine. The first muscadine vines I ever planted, I grew from cuttings back in the 1970s. So I can really? help you with this. What's up? All right, listen, I got about 60 feet of fence and got three or four muscadine plants on it. And yeah. they're not producing very well, and it's because we haven't pruned them right. So my question is, 
how do you prune a muscadine and when? Okay, it's a good question. And they're pruned now, Jan- late December, January, February. They're pr- the later you wait, the more they're going to drip sap, which doesn't hurt them, but it'll, 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 it'll kind of freak you out. So any time over the next few weeks is fine. Here's the deal. When a muscadine vine branches out this spring, what grows this year will have muscadines close to where it started to sprout. Okay? The problem is, that grows off of last year's growth. So when you cut them back, cut them back as hard as you want, cut as much of, but leave some stubs of last year's growth, 2017 stems. So follow some of the branches from the tip all the way back to where they started a year ago and leave uh, one or two or three leaf joints on that. What sprouts off of that will have muscadines. And uh, you can cut as much off as you want, but leave some stubs of last year's growth. Okay, I understand that. Thank you, Felder. Appreciate it. Okay, good luck on it, Jerry. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. When it comes to muscadines, uh, folks, this is a real popular vine. It's a native vine, but keep in mind that in nature, they're separate male and female. Only the females will have berries if there's a male that pollinates it. If you're going to plant one in your own garden... Choose one that's self-pollinating, uh, and there's a bunch of them out there called self-fertile. That way, it'll pollinate itself, and if you get a female variety next to it, it'll pollinate that too. But real important to have those muscadines have got to be pruned hard every year, or they get way out of control. Well, we got somebody else on the line, uh, Sir Java. Oh yes, sir. We have Mike from Past Christian, and uh, wants to talk about trees on the coast. All righty. Mike, well, what kind of trees are we talking about? Uh, Meyer lemons, Felder. Uh, we yeah. put these out. Uh, they're soon to be out a year. And uh-huh. uh, what I did during the freeze is I went to Home Depot and they had some great big old thick uh, paper bags that you could buy. And I covered them with that and then put a little sand and dirt around where the graft was. Yeah. But, boy, they look rough. There's some there's yeah. some dead limbs out on the tips. They really, really look rough. Are they going to yeah. make it? Hard to tell. You know, uh, citrus sometimes gets frozen even down in central Florida. And even though we've we've had citrus groves on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, um, every every few years they get killed completely. So it's no way to tell until spring. Here's here's what you can do though. If you'll take your thumbnail or a little knife and slap on the bark. If it's bright green right under the bark, that part's alive, and scratch it. Start at the end where it's brown under the bark and keep scratching until you find some green stuff. You can prune it back to the area that's got green uh, right up under the bark, and they'll sprout back out. But I did that. Can, you, I've already done that, and I do have green. But I guess I'm curious to know, uh, do I need to put some fertilizer on them now to help them on their growth cycle or? I, I wouldn't because you're gonna have to prune them back a little bit, and you know, and you know, a lot of commercial growers fertilize every year, but they fertilize very lightly. If you fertilize it all this past year, their roots are still in, in good shape. So if you cut it back, then then the new growth that comes out is gonna have a lot of energy. So uh, if you fertilize it all, I'd wait till spring and just give them a real light feeding, and that's okay, all. Okay, bottle brush tree that was six foot tall, man, it looked good. Green and it yeah. is totally brown. Anything to do yep. to it? No, bottle brush is another one of those plants. These are what I call Florida perennials. You know, so we 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 don't have real winters for a while. We sort of get used to it, and we start planting things that really don't need to be there. And every now and then, Mother Nature yanks us back to reality. Again, all you can do is just scratch on the bark and wait and see. But they're board, they're considered borderline hardy on the Gulf Coast, even though they've been grown there for a long time. They're subject to to any amount of damage. So scratching the bark, looking for green, that's about all you can do. Hey, we saw you on uh, uh, public TV with your green truck last night. Sure was good. Enjoy you. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I do appreciate that. All right. All right. All righty. By the way, he's uh, he's referencing this thing they did on on, on Mississippi roads. 
Well, my truck got stolen uh, a year or so ago and got recovered, repainted, replanted, everything. If you want to see this, it's a, it, we had a lot of fun with it. If you go to my new blog, I don't say anything on my blog. If you go to felderrushing.blog, it'll take you to – I've got a, a thing about Dr. Dirt with pictures of him in his garden. I've got a thing about my truck and uh, and how it was redone. I've got a little short video. Uh, i got a lot of stuff on there, but felderrushing dot blog if you'll check that out uh, i think you'll find a whole bunch of really really funny stuff what's up sir java yeah i just went on and then uh the first thing i see is uh senior mysterio <laughs> senior mysterioso mysterioso there we go but we have uh walter from uh walmart walmart get on uh on the line want to talk to you okay good morning sir walter what's up Hey, hey, Felder, I'm, I'm from Walmart, just north of Biloxi. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know right where it is. Yeah. I'm out in the country. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a Owari Satsuma. Yeah. And uh, then I got a Meyer Lemon. I just wondered, what's, when should I prune them? Well, you know, these things, they, it's no telling whether they're going to bloom at all this year. They might have gotten so much damage they're not going to bloom this year. Uh, you don't have to prune them anytime soon. You could prune them all the way up until the middle of the summer if you want to. But what I do is I go out there and thin out any clutter. You know, while you can see, while it's not too getting too hot out there, just thin out some of the clutter. Scratch yes, on the bark, and if and if it's dark, if it's brown up under the bark, go ahead and cut that dead stuff out. And then if you want to come back and clean them up a little bit more later, you know, you can do that. Mm-hmm. But right now, I just more or less thin them out a little bit. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, I was talking about the seed catalogs. Yeah. Uh, Park Seed still sends them out, and it's a really good catalog. And I ordered some uh, sweet potato slips out there a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. I left my garden fence open, my my, my gate open <laughs> in the garden, and the rabbits ate them to the ground. And they came back out of the ground after about two weeks. So <laughs> that's how they Did got they make any taters. <laughs> did he did, did he make anything? Yeah, yeah, did really well. Yeah, all right, sure did. Well, man, I, <laughs> I do appreciate do appreciate it. Good luck on your on your yeah. fruit tree, man. It's a free catalog too, and they got all a lot of oh, new yeah. stuff in there every year. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I just got a I just got an email from uh, from from Donna Cliet uh, client, and she said that she gets. Johnny seed, Burgess, testimony seed, I mean, uh, territorial gurneys. Uh, and, and it is nice if you have something to thumb through and turn down the ears and make a wish list like, like, like making your Santa Claus list. Uh, I actually get quite a few catalogs myself, but I usually end up ordering online. Anyway, good luck on that. All right, Felder, we got a full bank, and, you know, we're running close on time. So we're going to go first to uh, Linda in Memphis. Okay. Hey, Linda, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, and thank you for taking my call. I, you, sure. Uh, Felder, I'm an old country girl, but I don't know much about gardening, but I'm really wanting to start gardening, and I, I don't know how to get started. And I was wondering, are there any, any resources or any any books or anything like that that I might start you know, start out with? I, I, would think I, I think I'd like to try to grow some watermelons in a raised bed, and I don't think well, that would be too hard for me to do, but... Or maybe it is, but I, but I just not want to start gardening. I tell you what, and and there on one hand, gardening can be real simple, but there's a lot a lot of sort of things you might want to consider if you would. Could you shoot me an email and let's get a little dialogue going because there are some good sources and some good places in Memphis to go visit and see how they do it, including at the Botanic Garden and uh, at, at at Dixon Garden. There's some good ideas out there. But when it comes to growing watermelon, they take up a lot of space, a lot of space, and you get a whole lot more use out of a raised bed growing things that produce a lot more than just a couple of big old watermelons. See, so when it comes to, to gardening, you want to grow things that produce a lot in a short space over a long period of time, watermelons would not be in my choice. But you can put them in with some other stuff. So why don't you send me an email and let's get something going that way. All right, Felder, let's go ahead and go to Pascagoula and speak with Trey. I'm starting to get dizzy going from Memphis to the coast, back and forth and back and forth. What's up, Trey? Oh, nothing, Felder. How are you, man? Good, good, good. I've got a, a bougainvillea, and I'm not sure how old this thing is, 
the house is 130 years old, and the base on this bougainvillea is probably six or seven inches in diameter. And this past cold snap we have just decimated it. And I was wondering about how yeah. far back I can prune it. Well, you can cut bougainvillea back to just nothing. Think of it as sort of a tropical honeysuckle. Uh, yeah, you know, oh, you, man, it's you, about 15 foot tall and beautiful when it blooms. I, I I know, but, you know, it's also frost sensitive, you know, and and you had not just frost, you had freeze this year. So, yes, sir. You know, that, I, I've mentioned a couple of other people, if you'll scratch the, the, the bark, if it's bright green under the bark, that part's still alive. And as long as you cut back in the area that's bright green under the bark, it's brown back. It blooms grow, so it could, it could actually come back pretty strong. Oh, you know, you can wait and see. Hydrangeas will grow up into Michigan, you know. So the thing about hydrangeas, follow the tip for where it ended, where it stopped this past year. Follow the tip of a branch back to where it started a year ago and leave some of that. And they'll put out new growth and bloom. All right. So do I appreciate it, brother. Good luck on it. Appreciate it, man. All right, we're running really close on time, but I know you're awesome, so we can do it. We got Robert from Florence. Want to talk about some brown ground cover? Hey, Robert, what kind of ground cover you got this brown? It's that stuff you told me to put out. I forgot the name of it. It's got the little green leaves and it. Uh, Asiatic jasmine. Right, huh? Oh, it's yep. brown you, like it's dead, dead. Uh, will it come it, back it, from that? It sure will. If it's real thick, you might want to take a, a, a weed eater to it, but but don't cut it to the ground. You know, you can cut it back to about oh three, two or three or four inches tall. It'll sprout out just perfectly fine in the spring. No problem at all. And that's it, Phil. I told you you could do it, man. Well, either you know it or you don't. And so far, I was asked some stuff that I mostly knew today, which I appreciate that. So anyway, hope it's going to be a really good weekend, folks. I hope that you get out and enjoy it. Uh, visit the Orchid people down at Gaucher. Um If you have some things to talk about, shoot me an email during the week, garden at mpbonline.org. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is a laid-back Java Chapman and a phone greeter is Kevin Farrell. I'm your host, Phil Rushing, here hoping you have a great, great end of this month. Been a strange month, but it'll be better. Days are getting longer, getting warmer. Take a drive around town, see what still looks good after all that bad weather. Think about putting some in your yard next year. And while you're at it, take a kid or two outside, walk around town. See if you can find something to show them how to do that involves getting dirty. See y'all next week. <laughs> 